It's time to get informed and inspired. This is Saturday Morning Live, sponsored by Asset Advisors, LLC, at Linden Sheet Metal on KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. KGMI and the Cascade Radio Group receive financial compensation to present this program in its entirety. Opinions and information expressed are those of the host and or sponsors and do not necessarily reflect those of KGMI or the Cascade Radio Group. Good morning and welcome to Saturday Morning Live. I'm Ashley Button showing your host this morning. And this morning I've got returning with me Councilmember Ben Ellen Boss because there's a lot to talk about before Election Day. And uh, I think the first thing that I want to dive into, Ben, is, uh, well, first of all, thank you for coming on. It's early and it's cold, really freaking cold <laughs> this morning. So thank you for coming on. Yeah, it's it's um, it's debatable whether it's early or late. Because <laughs> you're on nights? Because I'm on night shifts. But I, I, I made a mistake and took a nap before I came, so I might be a little slower than normal. I'm <laughs> no, usually no. pretty slow. <laughs> I see you have coffee, so maybe that'll help. Um, okay, so I, the first thing I want to talk about this morning is the jail and how it's not a property tax and then anything else you want to talk about with the jail. But um, first of all, let's talk about, let's talk about, you know, the jail is on the ballot. It's Prop 2023-4. So again, a lot of people are asking, like, where's the jail? It's not on the ballot. It's literally the first thing on your ballot. So if you if you don't see the jail, it's the first thing on your ballot. Yeah, it, and you would... Um we spent a lot of time on on exactly what that was going to say. Mm-hmm. And I was an advocate that we call it a jail because the very first rendition of the ordinance said nothing about a jail. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I think people want to know that this is a jail. Right, right. And that's what they're going to recognize the, the language as. And, and so, yeah. So, okay, let's talk about how how are we going to pay for for the jail? If it passes, um, it is going to be a sales tax. Okay, it's what two tenths of a percent. Mm-hmm. So, um, when you guys were having discussions about that and hearing from the public, what was the feedback on that? Well, <clears throat> I there are there's only certain ways to collect revenue mm-hmm. to do certain things. Money comes in from different sources: property taxes, grants from the state. Uh, grants from the federal government and, um, you know, a sales tax. Mm -hmm. And so there's certain silos that the money can come out of to do certain things. And this particular uh, sales tax is able to be used in this way. So it's kind of, there aren't, there aren't a lot of options. You know, I, I watch people on social media complain about how, horrible the county does at everything we do and you know the the question's been asked of me like why why haven't we just been saving money to do this and it's like well the money has to come from a certain designated spot mm-hmm. for a reason and <clears throat> unfortunately as costs have gone up and everything has gone up um, the prior money that was allocated in this way has gone towards operations and maintenance of the current facility and um the only new facility we were able to build was the work the work center and Mm. and as the 
you know, what what was it, 2004 when that passed? Mm-hmm. And what was the population of the county in 2004? Uh, yeah, I don't right. know, a lot less. And it's, it's jumped a bunch. It's almost 250,000 yeah. now. It's it's just not adequate. Right. It's, it's 20 years almost. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, I, I, I feel, folks, I understand. I feel like I pay way too much in taxes. Um, I understand the, you know, well, you didn't spend the money the way that we think you should have spent it anyway. I understand that. And that was the reason I voted no in the past, too. Mm-hmm. And if you follow along, too, actually. if you followed along with the jail ordinance, um, one of the major highlights of the conversation that I always drove was, look, we need to be we need to be building trust with this ordinance mm-hmm. because there is a lack of trust out there in the community. And <clears throat> w- with that in mind, I voted no quite a bit on as we crafted the ordinance. And when it came down to the end, I voted yes because I felt like we had designed something that the community had something for everyone, basically. Right. You know, um, the small cities are going to be giving their portion of the sales tax, which they don't have to do. Mm-hmm. The small cities are giving their portion of the sales tax, and the stipulation with that with that funding from the small cities is that we will build a facility that won't have booking restrictions. Right. And if you pay attention, the Free the Mall crowd, they love booking restrictions. They do. They and, if, do. and if you look at the No on Jails campaign, they would just prefer that this not pass because booking restrictions is how they attain free them all. Mm-hmm. And so the small city mayors said, "We'll give you the we'll give you the money, but you're going to build a facility that will not have booking restrictions for X amount of time." Mm-hmm. And then you know the Bellingham centric crowd prefers that we maybe focus more on behavioral health and and um, recovery, mm-hmm. which I agree with too. I'm very passionate about that. I, I, I think that we shouldn't just be punitive in what we do. I think we should be restorative. Right. I agree. But without the threat of jail, people don't often choose the recovery path. So... Right. I, I think they go hand in hand, and I think the ordinance that we put to the put the put to the voters, well, the ordinance is just a tax, but the plan behind the ordinance that's written and out there, and um, I think balances what the Bellingham centric voter is looking for, and those of us that know that jail is a key component of that. Right, and because you know, adding to the safety, quality of life. We do need a jail, and we're looking at at least five years out at this point. Yep. Um, but at least this this tax, no one wants more taxes. I mean, most people don't want more taxes, I should say. But at least this tax, we get to share with those who come visit us. Yes, absolutely. And that, um, we learned during COVID how much the Canadian dollar is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Uh, there, there's a large percentage of our sales tax that's generated from the Canadian dollar. Mm-hmm. And so they will be helping us fund yeah. our, our jail and the restorative services that are going to come after the jail facility is built. Right. And, and us being a desirable place to be because there is, you know, safety on our streets, they'll continue to come. So, you know, I think it's. Well, a, I, I think that's debatable at the moment. It's debatable if it'll be safer. 
No, it's debatable that that it's safe right now. No, no, I'm saying right. it should it when it becomes yeah, no, it's not safe right now and that's why we need the jail. Um so if people want to learn more about the jail, there's a website. Do you know what it is? I'm not sure. Uh y- yes, for j- Google yes for jail. Yes for jail. Because if you, Wacom. If yes you for jail. jail if you Google no for jails Wacom, you'll get that. Yeah, okay. All right, we're going to take a break real quick and come back and talk about the fentanyl crisis. Looking to improve your comfort and save money? Start with your home's largest energy consumer, your heating and cooling system. Hi, I'm Brad Barron, CEO of Barron Heating, AC Electrical and Plumbing, with a check-all-the-boxes solution, the Daikin Fit Enhanced Heat Pump. This compact, all-electric system utilizes energy-saving inverter technology to efficiently heat your home in winter and keep it cool during the summer. Delivering year-round comfort, the Daikin Fit Enhanced Heat Pump is environmentally friendly, exceptionally quiet, and maintains consistent temperatures. Plus, you can save up to 30% with the 25C tax credit. Right now, Barron's Same as Cash offer allows you to make a difference with no out-of-pocket expense. Pay no interest and make no payments for 12 months. Lock in 2023's prices and pay nothing until next year. Save energy, save money, pay later. Why wait? Call Barron today about the innovative Daikin Fit Enhanced Heat Pump. Barron, your full-service HVAC, electrical, and plumbing contractor. Our mission, improving lives. Dr. John's Auto Clinic, located in Bellingham on Kentucky Street, is here for your auto repair and service needs. Trusted and affordable auto repair in Bellingham for over 25 years. Ask about their oil change and maintenance inspections. You can hear Brian from Dr. John's Auto Clinic every Saturday on In the Shop on Newstalk 790 KGMI. Or check out Dr. John's Auto Clinic at djautoclinic.com. And on Facebook for the latest in auto repair news. Dr. John's Auto Clinic, reliable, honest, and a part of this community for over 25 years. Business owners, you have job openings? We have HireMeWa.com. HireMeWa.com is Cascade Radio Group's hyper-local job board. It's free and easy to use. Upload your available job listings today. Job seekers can post resumes, too. HireMeWa.com is available 24 hours a day. Check back frequently. New job listings added regularly. HireMeWa.com. Business owners, post your job openings for free right now at HireMeWa.com. That's HireMeWa.com. HireMeWa.com is a service of Cascade Radio Group and this station. The opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of KGMI or the Cascade Radio Group. Hey, welcome back. Ashley Buttonshone here, your host for this morning with Ben Allen Boss, council member. So we're just talking about the jail. And um, one thing I did want to ask you, Ben, there is a rumor circulating that we are building a jail in a floodway in Ferndale if it passes. So can you address that? Is it a floodway or will people be at risk? Yeah, I, I hear that often. Like, don't vote for this jail. We shouldn't be building in the floodway. Mm-hmm. And no, it's it's not in a floodway. It's it's a large parcel of land. It is. I'm, it has critical areas on it. But any large parcel of land in Whatcom County is going to have a critical area on it. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't, Whatcom County PDS will make sure it does. And uh, <laughs> uh, there's a massive difference between a floodway and a critical area. So um, yes, 10, 10 by 10 section of canary grass can be a wetland. Mm-hmm. And this property does have some wetlands on it, but there's enough room to build what we needed to build. And part of the reason that uh, the council voted seven to nothing to put it in that Ferndale location 
was because of the cost associated with a single sto- story versus multi-story. Um, it was almost double to go up, mm-hmm. double the cost to go up. And, and just for worker safety, for design um, types of ideas, not having it, having natural light. Um, I know that that sounds odd to some that we're thinking about things like natural light in a jail. You know, people want to just lock people up. But if we're they're trying to rehabilitate people. Yes. If, yeah. if we're if we truly want to think about it, you know, somebody's well-being and their mental health in jail mm-hmm. is a key component to recovery. Well, and we have officers that work in there. Absolutely. And we should be considering the fact that they're there yeah. and and doing a job that's really hard. Yep. And if you think about how you feel during the winter with no mm-hmm. light, I mean, it's a real thing. And yeah. so as much natural light as we can get in there and um, it, it, you have to remember that people in a, a jail and a prison are two different things. Mm-hmm. So 364 days or less, you're in a county jail. However, people end up being in the jail longer than that because they're in their pretrial. So there's a large portion of people in jail that have not been convic- convicted of a crime. Mm-hmm. And so you have to think about that aspect, too. Yeah. So I think we still have a caller on. Um, do we still have the caller on? No. Okay. But he wanted to know about bench warrants and yes. um, what adding a jail would, what would, it, what would it do if we added a jail to, I don't know how many he said bench warrants are outstanding. Um, but I think it was 10,000. Yeah. That's insane. Uh, it, it is, there is an insane amount of bench warrants out there. Yeah. Because there's no, people don't show up for court. Mm-hmm. Why they don't have to show up for court, right? That's what happens when you don't have a jail that's sized appropriately for your community. Mm-hmm. People don't have; they go and they walk out of Walmart with whatever they want. Yeah, and no one stops them because there is no consequence. Yeah, it's rare that I'm shopping at like Home Goods or something, and I'll see someone literally loading up a duffel bag full yeah. of things and then just walk out the door. Why? Why? There's not. There's no deterrent to it. Mm-hmm. There really isn't. Yeah. And you've got a whole group of folks who think that we need to continue to decriminalize things like property crimes. Right. And well, you- these things don't hurt anyone. Oh no, <laughs> they hurt the person that are doing it because it just enables them to continue their spiral of. Yep. Of. Um, it, it hurts them, and it it also. I mean, it it really does affect the cost of living because you know then the items that we shop for they get more expensive because if theft is so high it hurts the retail business right. and and then that hurts the employee it hurts how many people they can have and employees don't want to really work in a place <laughs> where stealing stuff all the time or becoming violent either right and, and you know the argument is is well we should decriminalize that because these people are only doing that to survive and mm-hmm. we shouldn't make survival a crime it's like no, let's be real. These people are doing that to get drugs. Well, this is not The Walking Dead. We're not out here trying to survive. Right. Like, <laughs> and, and, and this is the thing that people need to know. I mean, if you watch our council meetings, you'll know how many millions we stick into services. It, if you are homeless or you are hungry, mm-hmm. there is food and shelter for you. Yes. Unless you're a drug addict. Yeah. And then you would prefer to be in the woods because you can do your drugs 
mm-hmm. with no one else bothering you. Yeah, because services come with some rules Absolutely. and they're trying to rehabilitate. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I have heard uh, stories of folks, and these are not like nameless stories, but we won't talk about names on mm-hmm. the radio, um, of women with children who have gotten housing. Mm-hmm. And they left this housing because they had a boyfriend yeah. in the woods next to, you know, Mm-hmm. The Bellingham drug cartel yeah. that's slinging fentanyl from a you know guarded structure, guys with guns guarding this wooden structure where we've got a drug dealer. Yeah. And okay, so let's talk about fentanyl because so my son recently we did senior pictures with a great photographer here in town. Um, and we were in the by discount tire off of Bakerview, that little business park in there. And um, kind of along the the wetlands offset area, and um, everywhere you look on the ground is foil, everywhere. Yep. And so, for those of you who are listening who don't know, foil means that they're probably sm- smoking their fentanyl out there. And you know, Chad's trying to like wander off in the trail. I'm like, maybe don't go back there. Like, just just don't. Chad's a very large man. <laughs> he is, but. I don't know. Who knows? I mean, you don't want to touch that stuff. Right. So, um, but we've got uh, a crisis on our hands and at a very real risk of danger to the public. And so let's talk about what's happened out at Lummi and what have you done to help as a council member? <clears throat> well, you know, when we're talking about one pill can kill, mm-hmm. we're dealing with a bigger problem than than addiction you know ev- everybody wants to talk about oh drugs it's an addiction issue and it, and it is it really is but with fentanyl we're dealing with a different beast yeah one, and it's like one dollar pill now is what one, i hear one pill yeah it's I, i've been hearing two or three dollars but yeah. when it's that cheap there's no incentive there's no financial incentive for anyone not to be high all mm-hmm. the time right yeah and when you can just readily get it and again we have we have groups that are actively they're and by groups i mean political groups yes. like the Wacom Democrats go to their facebook go to their website mm-hmm. and they are their platform is to decriminalize possession and use right and <clears throat> you know when we voted on legalizing marijuana or not i actually voted to legalize mm-hmm. um but like I said, when we're dealing with one pill can kill, marijuana and fentanyl are two very, very different, different things. Yeah. They need to be treated differently. And so you mentioned the Lummi Nation. More people have died, more Lummi people have died from opioid overdoses in the last few years than than died from COVID. Mm-hmm. And COVID was, it was the it pandemic. Was, yes, right? It's an emergency. Right, yeah. Well... The Lummi Nation declared an emergency about fentanyl, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> it sort of went unnoticed. It did. Yeah, and, and and they are taking bold action out there, and so I, you know, I was reading some articles about it and talking to friends, and I realized that the person being quoted in the article, I had a cell phone number, mm-hmm. uh, Nick Lewis from the the Lummi Business Council. And I gave Nick a call, and we had a good long talk. And he said, "Ben, please don't ignore us anymore. Mm-hmm. Please help bring some attention to this. Help us 
um, we're neighbors. And I was like, absolutely, Nick, we are neighbors. Like we, we literally in five minutes, I could be to your door from my house. Right. This affects all of us and we need to be there to help you. So I wrote a resolution and, um, it was in our last council meeting to support the Lummi Nation and the fentanyl crisis and the bold steps that they're taking. And it passed seven to zero. Mm-hmm. And you hear nothing about it. Okay, we're going to take a break and talk about that as soon as we come back. Sure. Okay, be right back. Some days I cover up because of my moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. Now I'm hitting the road with clearer skin thanks to Sky Rizzy. Rizemkism of Rizza, a prescription only 150 milligram injection for adults who are candidates for systemic or phototherapy. Nothing is everything. With Sky Rizzy, three out of four people achieved 90% clearer skin at four months. And Sky Rizzy is just four doses a year after two starter doses. Don't use if allergic to Sky Rizzy. Serious allergic reactions and an increased risk of infections or a lower ability to fight them may occur. Before treatment, your doctor should check for infection and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms, such as fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. Thanks to Sky Rizzy, there's nothing on my skin. And that means everything. your doctor today about Sky Rizzy, the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic in psoriasis. And visit SkyRizzy.com or call 1-866-SKY-RIZZY to learn more. This is Dick Donahue with Acid Advisors, and I'm sharing with you a very exciting announcement. I have made the decision to rejoin LPL Financial Services. I originally joined what was then Private Ledger in December of 1981 as one of about 300 representatives. I rejoin them now with over 21,000 representatives, over $1.3 trillion under management, and LPL is now part of the S&P 500 index. In addition to discussing the latest financial news each week on Wealth Wake Up here on KGMI, I will share with you some of the reasons for this decision. Please join us at 11 a.m. each Saturday for our live Wealth Wake Up show or our 9 a.m. show on Sunday mornings here on KGMI. The opinions voiced in this show, program, podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable to you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. Whatcom County and Northwest Washington offer endless beauty, and our phones make it possible for us to capture it instantly. And now KGMI is giving you another way to share your incredible pictures with Whatcom Wanderings. Just go to KGMI.com, look for Whatcom Wanderings, post your photos, and tell us where you took them. So share your pictures of our area's incredible beauty and complexity with Whatcom Wanderings at KGMI.com. The latest local news and important topics of the day from the West Mechanical Studio. Tired of inefficient heating, poor indoor air quality, and rising energy bills? Contact West Mechanical today to explore going ductless with a system from Mitsubishi Electric Heating and Air Conditioning. Find them at westmechanical.net. Get the latest news and information 24-7 with KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. CBS News Brief. The Israel Defense Forces ground operation in Gaza is expanding. CBS's Rami Innocencio reports. Israel's assault continues with tanks and troops on the ground. You might be hearing explosions near us. That is Israeli outgoing artillery. We're also hearing warplanes above us. 
Police say the gunman wanted for the mass shootings in Lewiston, Maine, has been found dead. CBS's Elaine Quijano reports. Authorities say the shooter's body was found in Lisbon Fall, 11 miles southeast of Lewiston, with an apparent self-inflicted gunshot wound. Officials say they notified the victim's families first. 18 people were killed in the attacks, several injured. Game one of the World Series and the Rangers beat the Diamondbacks 6-5. to Here's one happy fan. Finally, they're here. We're having a good time. They're going to win. Game four, they're going to win. Game two is tonight. CBS News Brief. I'm Linda Kenyon. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Live. I'm Ashley Buttonshone, your host, and on with me is Councilmember Ben Ellen Boss, who is running for re-election. So we're just talking about, uh, so Ben, you brought um, before the council uh, support for Lemmy Nation in their efforts to deal with the fentanyl crisis, and it passed 7-0. to Yep. And, um... With this being, I mean, literally a crisis, and we're not we're not exaggerating here, and this being a crisis, you would think that the local news would be all over it, like front page. Yeah. In fact, I was on the front page for being in a like murder bank mystery uh, for the Linden Museum, which is like not relevant to things at all. I mean, it's great and it was fun, it was awesome, but I was on the front page this week. That is not news, in my opinion. <laughs> Me trying on a hat is not news. Yeah. And and so why are they not reporting on this? Did they call you and ask you about it? Um, they knew about it. Mm-hmm. There was communication between reporters and myself about it. Um, and, you know, they tell you, well, we just don't have the staff or the time to write an article. And. I told him, I said, hey, I understand I'm up for re-election. You don't even have to mention the fact that I ran this. Mm-hmm. But I think we owe it <clears throat> We owe it to our neighbors um, that are asking for help to bring attention to this issue. Um, so if you're looking for stories, here's a good one for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it didn't run. They ran three other stories that night and into the next day about what happened in that council meeting. Um, but they didn't say anything about this. Our children are literally dying. Literally, um, yes. Nick Lewis, like I mentioned, he's he's their public health guru on at the Lummi Nation, and he's involved um, in the in the greater region um, on the health board mm-hmm. for tribes. And he testified that two children on the Lummi Nation in the last what was it month or two months two, died. From fentanyl, children, mm-hmm. um, infants, is is how he said it, I believe, and that's where we're dealing with a bigger issue than addiction. Right. Um, that's where allowing possession and allowing use is way too dangerous. Right. So okay. So during COVID, we saw a lot of advertisement from the health department, a lot of dollars, and I know there are specific dollars that went towards. You know, having to talk about COVID, um, we know in government that there's specific money that has to do specific things. Yes. But why is the health department, which has grown quite large, um, not talking about this more? Why is there not this, you know, outreach of public safety well, and to, health? To be fair to the health department, they do. I think it is on their radio, radar. Mm-hmm. But, but nothing like COVID was. No. You're right. And and real quick, we'll just sidebar here. Mm-hmm. I believe when I started on the council four years ago, there were 74 full-time equivalent employees at the Whatcom County Health Department. 
And I think last I checked, we were over 150. Yeah. We're understaffed with public works. We're understaffed in our jails. Mm-hmm. We're understaffed with planning and development services. We're, we can't fill all our positions at the sheriff's department. Yet we've somehow found the money and the resources and the people to double the size of the Whatcom County Health Department. Right. And, you know, I, that's people are like, Council Member Ellenboss, you vote no often. Mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. I vote no on failed policies, and I vote no on spending on on things that are not functioning properly. Right. Well, and it's like every department of the county except the health department seems to be understaffed. Absolutely. And so it affects everything, everything Absolutely. from, you know, permitting contracts to getting even, you know, working with subcontractors. It takes longer to get people paid. Right. Um. So back we should wind up wind it back to the fentanyl issue yeah so so yeah go back so you know the the there was a land use policy action that we took that we dealt with on the council that night Mm -hmm. and that was all over the news and the chambers were packed with people irate about this land use policy action land use that has been in place for 30 years Mm -hmm. motivated the chambers to be packed covered the news but no one's died no over one's the died. land use policy. No, no one's going to die. Very highly regulated. Mm-hmm. And that we have time to write that article. We right. have time to write an article about um, a warming shelter. And we have no time to write an article about what's happening in our community that's killing kids. Right. So... I would, I would, I would say it probably has something to do with your reelection. They don't want to help you get reelected, I'm sure, um, because they don't want to. They don't say they don't want to help, right? But I would argue that if your opponent had said something about it, then it would be. Now, your opponent, I, from what I can tell, hasn't said anything about this and hasn't talked about it, and seems to align more with the free them all groups and and that that Bellingham centric mentality. Yes. And more of what we see that we've been doing that's been failing. And then, you know, I think you've you've got a pretty long track record of responsible leadership on the council and your voting record is is solid. And I'm a little worried about your track or your opponent's track record in and and I want to say this, you know, very um, compassionately. Your your opponent has. Um, seem to there. There's a history of some some criminal activity there, and it's not old, super old. It seems that they've made some strides in making her life. She's made her life better. But as a voter, I would want to know about it, right? I get to decide as a voter whether that impacts me or not. And you've known about it, but you haven't said anything. And so I, I just wonder, you know, do you feel that the voter deserves to know? So I'm going to say it because <laughs> so, I don't know that you want you want to bring it up. Um, but do do you feel that your track record is one to be trusted? And are you a bit worried about your opponents? Yeah, <laughs> of course, I feel like I have a track record that you can trust. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, it concerns me. My opponent's track record concerns me. But I think what concerns me more is the. I have known about my opponent's track record from the very beginning. Right. From filing week, I knew. Um, but we haven't seen anything from the press about it. Like, right. And, and they have I, known. Yes. And, I, and I've chosen not to. 
and this is the way I've run every race. I've been on the ballot six times now. Mm-hmm. And um, if you follow my campaigns, I never, I don't mention my opponent. I've ne- I don't mention their name. I don't give them any press on my social media. Mm-hmm. I don't talk about them. I like to focus on what I bring to the table. And so even though this, the criminal record and as- associated things with that, I've known about, I chose not to focus on it. Because I not because I didn't think the voter needed to know because absolutely a criminal record is is um, pertinent to an election. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and I do think the voters deserve to know. I didn't think it was my place Your to job tell to do that it. story. Yeah, and um, I have talked to my opponent about it, mm-hmm. and she has indicated that she's in recovery, and I want to support her in that because absolutely. I'm passionate about that. Um, but it makes me wonder that the people that are around her and that have asked her to do this whether they care about her recovery because let me tell you the last four years have been the most stressful four years of my life Mm -hmm. and um recovery can be a stressor you you, you're talking about and i mean it's very it's very stressful being in politics it's very stressful being in government it's it's i mean (laughs) there's no lack of people constantly coming to you with high stress situations And, and I, so yeah. I guess what I'm trying to say here is that the story to me is not the mistakes that my opponent has made. Right. It's that the newspapers know. Mm-hmm. I know that they know because they've called me and asked me for comments, and I don't give them a salacious comment. In fact, the last reporter that contacted me about it said, I need to know by 10 a.m. because we're going to run the story tomorrow. But and that story never came out. No. And they won't come. It's not going to come out. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. And so just so the listeners understand, you know, Ben and I both like, agree, like it's great recovery. Like that's exactly what we want to see people do and, and go on with their life and do great things. Yeah. But we want to know, you, we were want or I want to say that the voter deserves to know to decide whether that, that has been a long enough time frame um, from, from what this person was convicted of or, um, there's just some surrounding details that I think that the voter could educate themselves on to know if this is the person that they want in leadership. And the reason I bring that up again is because of the supermajority. And your opponent is very much aware of the supermajority. And so the dangers that that we face with having that power for either side, um, you you want people with good leadership history in in that position, I believe, if there is going to be a potential for a, a supermajority. And so reminder our listeners, what's a supermajority? And then Bobby Briscoe recently wrote something. Bobby Briscoe is a port commissioner. And um, can you tell the listeners what what his conversation was and what he said? Well, for those for those folks who are out there who listen to this show, mm-hmm. if you'll remember the last time I was on here, I led the show off talking about um, our charter and the emergency ordinance and the threshold that's needed to 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 run an emergency ordinance. Mm-hmm. And and then three days later, it happened. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's a fi- it's a five to two vote, and it happened a lot when when the council was five to two. Mm-hmm. Um, it happened often, and uh, it's funny because I brought that up that morning, mm-hmm. Saturday morning, and we had a council meeting the next Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And what was there? 
there was an emergency moratorium mm-hmm. for permit applications and heavy industrial land inside of a UGA. Right. And I'm like, here we go again. Mm-hmm. This is this is not the way that government is supposed to work. And and by having that emergency ordinance run, it skips the introduction. It skips the two weeks. It skips the ability for the public to weigh in. Right. And to, uh, for us to gather feedback and represent you based off of that feedback. Right. And it used to happen. And then I got elected and, oh, wait a minute, the vote counts now four to three on mm-hmm. some of these land use policy issues and and driving agendas. So some of that stopped, you yeah. know. Um, I don't think that uh, we had, we didn't have, we didn't have the ability to make positive changes, in my opinion, over the last four years, but a lot of really, really bad ideas were stopped. stopped. Yep. Um, and so that really upsets people that are driving those agendas, and so they've taken aim at my seat. And I think my opponent's very aware of that because, as you mentioned, the story from Bobby Briscoe was that she called him and he asked, why are you running? And if you read her voter's pamphlet... Yes. It sounds a lot like my voters pamphlet from 2019 regurgitated. <laughs> and he said, well, if you truly believe these things, you wouldn't be running. You'd be supporting Ben because he's done a dang good job mm-hmm. of doing what he said he was going to do in his voters pamphlet. Right. And she said, well, we need a supermajority. Mm. If we can get Ben out of there, we have a supermajority. So one of the things I say, I've always said in my campaign is, we don't need more activists. Right. The activist is very well represented on the Whatcom County Council. And in my opinion, um, like I said, I don't often speak about my opponent, but uh, I think a good summation is we don't need more activists. Right. And so can you, oh, we're going to take a break. And then I have a question. We'll come right back. Mother Nature's hotline. Yes, I would like to file a complaint. The summer was way too hot, and then poof, it's into the 50s. Can't you permanently set the weather to sunny and 75 with a slight breeze? I apologize, but unfortunately, that's not how the weather works here at Mother Nature's. Then what am I to do? I'm always either too hot or too cold. Well, we refer all these cases to Linden Sheet Metal. They can't control the weather, but they can certainly help better control the temperatures in your home, so it's always just right. Yes, thank you. Cancel my complaint, please. You're welcome. Oh, and I do recommend you call right away as fall is already here. At Linden Sheet Metal, our mission is to keep your home comfortable year-round with furnaces, ACs, and heat pumps from top-rated equipment like American Standard and Mitsubishi. You can't go wrong. We have equipment in stock, and there are rebates and low monthly payments available. Linden Sheet Metal, serving the Northwest for over 80 years. Paid political announcement. This is Sheriff Bill Elfo. For the past 25 years, I've worked to keep our community safe. To do my job, I've needed help from leaders like Whatcom County Council Member Kathy Kirshner. I've worked closely with Kathy during her eight years on the council. Her leadership and dedication to public safety as the number one purpose of local government is unparalleled. Kathy is a strong, steadied, principled leader with a deep understanding of the complex issues we face. Her work resulted in more deputies in the community, which means deputies reach people who need help faster. Councilmember Kirshner has my complete support. If community safety is important to you, vote 
Kathy Kirshner for County Council District 4 by November 7th. Hi, I'm Kathy Kirshner. Thank you for your decades of service to our community, Sheriff Elfo. It's been an honor to work with you keeping Whatcom County safe. Paid for by Vote Kathy Kirshner. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Live. Again, I'm Ashley Buttonshine, your host here with Councilmember Ben Allen Boss, who is running for re-election in the 5th District. So if you live in Ferndale, Blaine, Birch Bay, uh, Lummi, that area. The surrounding rural the areas. The surrounding rural areas. Yes, that. Then Ben is your councilman, and he is running for re-election. So be sure to get your ballot out and vote if you haven't already. Uh, we would urge you to vote yes on the jail. There's a whole bunch of great candidates. But, Ben, I want to talk a little bit more about the supermajority and what are some of the things that you have helped stop or tell me, give me the one really good thing that you've helped stop that that would show people that we really don't want a supermajority. Well, I, one, a few of the things we've stopped was, you know, there was a council member that decided that he thought that we should appoint our sheriff and mm-hmm. not let you elect them. We were able to stop that. Um uh, one and one of the <clears throat> obviously we stopped the emergency moratorium. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you recall from 2016 till the about the time I got elected, yeah, we had a, an ongoing emergency moratorium, right? Um, on living wage jobs, basically, mm-hmm. which is what this next one was too. Yeah, um, that's Cherry Point. Yep, yep. and so. You know, obviously, once I was elected, the, the, all they were forced to take action because they couldn't keep passing these things by ordinance, right? By emergency ordinance, um, and so you know, once I was there, okay, now we have to deal with this thing. We mm-hmm. can't just keep kicking the can down the road, right? Um, another thing that uh, in the jail implementation plan, there's a, a financial oversight committee, mm-hmm. and this committee was made up of appropriate people in my mind. I'm mm-hmm. talking um, the executive, Bellingham police chief, the sheriff, a council member, a Bellingham council member, mm-hmm. elected officials that are held accountable, mm-hmm. right? Um, what that got amended to uh, after the activists got a hold of the ordinance, I got amended to something like, and it was seven people, it got amended to 21 people and up to and including a youth with lived experience in the jail. And I'm like, I'm sorry, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, wait a minute. Okay, we are going to have a troubled teen in charge of a eight to twelve million dollar annual budget, <laughs> or have an opinion. My, my kids don't even. My kids who aren't. So who brought this forward? Uh, <laughs> the majority. Okay. Um, and the funny thing was, was it was a word document. And there was track changes. And so I could read who made these track changes, and they weren't council members. They mm-hmm. were the nonprofits that get mm-hmm. the money. They were the activists in the community who want to free them all. Mm-hmm. It, it's not, it wasn't council. Like, the majority gives these documents over to these people who are going to receive the money from these taxes and say, hey, go to town. And they're the ones making the suggestions on the edits. Mm. And they screwed up. And I could see it on the track changes. But anyway. Mm, that's uh, fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
anyway, um, that's what I'm saying. The activist community is very well represented on the Whatcom yes. County Council. And so uh, it, it got it got amended to 21 people mm-hmm. with a troubled mm-hmm. youth on this finance and oversight committee. That was just one. There was another 10 or 15 that didn't need to be making decisions on the financial aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And um, I was able to get that removed. Because like I said, my kids don't even make decisions on our grocery store budget <laughs> our grocery budget let <laughs> let alone like I, i'm there's a reason that we don't let right kids make decisions like that because they're, they're not ready they're not ready they're, they're not they're not capable. ready yeah and uh no matter how wonderful they are right and we have public comment for a reason right and and people can come and they can speak and they can write letters and there's weigh in from the public you don't have to have uh, uh, you know, tripling your amount of people on a committee. Yeah, but, but the 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 purpose of that committee to an in, to an activist is to make it not function. Right. To, to, yes. To right. kill it. To kill it. And yeah. and you know, I'm very well known for speaking plainly, but to me, that was turning giving the the lunatics were going to run the asylum in that situation. Mm. We were yeah. turning the keys over to the inmates. Mm-hmm. That's not gonna. That is not a functional plan. No, that that would be a waste of money. So, okay, so Ben, you often vote no. Yes. And so, let's talk about that a little bit. Why okay. do you Why do you often vote no? Um, I I personally like that you vote no a lot. Um, but people, I'm sure they ask you, why do you vote no all the time? Uh, uh because it's my job. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's my job to steward your money. Because none of that, people are like, well, Whatcom County's money. No, that that is the voters' money. That's the people's money. That is the citizens of Whatcom County's money. Mm-hmm. My default setting is no until you convince me that this is something worthy to spend money on or it's a worthy policy. Mm-hmm. And like I said, the status quo, in the time that I've been on the council, and you can check me on this, there has not been one budget item that failed. And let me tell you, the bureaucrats, and the people asking for the money know that, and mm-hmm. they show up unprepared. They don't even know what they're going to spend the million and a half dollars on. They just know they can ask and get. Yeah, it and so I've I've asked questions, and and the answer has been, you know, I should probably know that, but I don't. Okay, <laughs> well, I move that we hold off on this vote till we do know that. Uh, nope, motion fails. We need to vote on this because it's timely. We need we need to know today whether we can have this money or not. Oh, it'll still pass. And that that doesn't lead to accountability. No. And so um, another reason I'll vote no, I'll vote no on failed policies. Mm -hmm. I'll vote no on funding that's coming to the county that is something that we can't or haven't done successfully in the past. Like money will come in to us from a state grant Mm -hmm. that could go somewhere else, and we just take it to take it whether we have the expertise or not. Right. It's like, no, the county is not the person that's going to successfully implement that program or use that money. That money would be better spent somewhere else. I'll vote no for those reasons sometimes. Uh, I also vote no. We, it, um, I believe on a national level they call it pork barrel spending. Mm-hmm. So you'll get a great big budget of all of these items that don't pertain to each other, and that there will be 27 things coming out of six different funds and – None of it is connected. And I have one vote. I have a yes or a no vote on, on the, the entire, entire package, package mm-hmm. right? 
And so you'll see people run Reddit saying, can you believe this jerk at council member Ellen Boss voted no on this? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I could either, I, I had one choice to vote yes or to vote no. Right. And that was attached to $13.5 million worth of spending, some of which was completely worthless. And you often try to break that yes. out. I tr- I've been trying for four years, and the administration could absolutely do it. Mm-hmm. It would just take a separate ordinance for each spending item. But each one of these items should be able to stand on their own, and they should be able to be scrutinized on their own. Mm-hmm. And the administration refuses to do it. Well, maybe you could open a Word document, and we could all edit it. And then yeah, there you go. <laughs> we, could, we could peel it apart together. Uh, well, okay, so you're running for re-election and it is coming up quick, so we got like a week and a half left. Yes. And what's if you could say anything right now, what would you tell the voters? Um, I would tell the voters that I see you, I hear you, and I try to represent you the best that I can. Um, but where I see you and I hear you is not at council meetings. No, yeah. <laughs> I see you on social media, and I want to remind you that complaining about things on social media doesn't fix anything. No. Nope. Taking action and voting will. You have the opportunity in this election to change the course of um, leadership in Whatcom County. Mm-hmm. You know, it always, people complain about the trajectory that we're on, the status quo that's out there. And more of the same is only going to lead for, to more of the same. Right. So if you don't like what you've got, don't vote for people who are endorsed by groups that want to decriminalize drugs. Yeah. Don't vote for people who are advocating to decriminalize property crimes. Don't vote for people that are supported by folks who want to free them all. Mm-hmm. Take a flyer on the other person. Yeah. The person that's looking for some accountability with compassion. Right. Yeah. And don't vote for people who want to shut down Cherry Point. I mean, look at the other races. There are some serious. Yeah. Uh, there's some serious things going on. The, f- the funny thing is, is, is that, uh, you know, they'll 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 campaign and they'll say, we support your jobs and we support the clean energy transition and we support that. And in the next breath, they're like, this person got fossil fuel money in their campaign. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, the, the local employers have supported my campaign. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is again, I want to point to track record. If you look at a person's track record, you'll see maybe even that they're not from here. They came here with an agenda. They're here to do a certain thing. And and so we need to be careful who we vote for. So, Ben, where can people find you online? How can they get a hold of you? Since I do a lot of my own um, things, mm-hmm. I'm not real good at updating websites. My website is ellenbossforcouncil.com. They can donate there. They can donate there, but it may not give you the most up-to-date things because I don't know how to update my website. <laughs> I do know how to update social media. You okay. can find me on Facebook at Vote Ben Ellenboss. Okay. And on Instagram, I think it is Vote Ellenboss. And on Twitter, Vote Ben Ellenboss again, I believe. All right. So we're, so in case you didn't get oh, the message. Oh, I guess it's called X. Oh, X. X yeah. It's not, the, the bird's gone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so in case you weren't sure what to do, it's vote Ben Ellen boss, you know, and, and don't wait till November 7th. Please vote early because your your candidates, they will stop calling you. They will stop texting you. They'll stop doing all the things that remind you to vote because you haven't voted. Uh, if you could hurry up and vote quicker. People are shocked to know that that 
that's public record and campaigns can see that. But uh-huh. you save us money when you vote early because yeah. then we stop reminding you to vote. Exactly. And you can track your ballot. You go to vote.wa.gov and you can track your ballot and find out where it is exactly. So go get your ballot filled out. Vote for the jail. Vote for Ben. Vote for the executive at large seats. The sheriff. There's some really good races. So make sure to vote and drop it in the drop box and do it sooner than later. All right. You guys have a wonderful weekend. Stay warm. We'll see you next